Hello and welcome to Wedding on a Hill, a podcast for Christian women who are engaged and, yay, planning a wedding. My name is Annie Lavi, and I'm a writer, Bible teacher, and wedding coordinator. I believe there is no time as sweet, wonderful, and sometimes overwhelming as preparing to be married. On this podcast, I'm here to help women walk through this season joyfully and faithfully, seeking first the kingdom of God. Well, hi there, and again, welcome to Wedding on a Hill. This is Annie Lavi, and I am, again, really thankful and excited to be talking to you guys today about, once again, wedding budgets. So this is kind of part two of a little three-part series on budget. So if you haven't listened to the first one, I definitely recommend that you go back and listen to that. Uh, We talked about why we even need a wedding budget, why that would even be important. And even more important than that, why we should actually do our wedding budget and keep up with it instead of just kind of saying we're going to have a wedding budget and then not necessarily doing anything with it. So like I said, if you haven't listened to that, I definitely recommend that you go back into because today we're going to be building on that a little bit. Uh, Today we're going to talk about what does it really look like to manage our wedding budget? Well, what does it look like to honor God with our finances? You know, last week I had said that one of the things that was important was as Christians, we are stewards or we are borrowers in a sense of the money that we have. And so that's one of the reasons to have a budget is to remember, oh, right, this isn't mine necessarily. This money all belongs to the Lord's and I get to use it to, you know, plan this celebration and doing things with that kind of attitude. Uh, So that's really going to play into what we're talking about today, getting to talk more about stewardship and when it comes to our money and when it comes to spending for a wedding, you know, how do we put these ideas and these concepts that are from the Bible that Jesus talked about that really into practice? There's a couple really important teachings here that come from the Bible that I think are important to bring up right away when we're talking about honoring God with money. Uh, The first one is from Jesus himself. He talks about it in the Sermon on the Mount. And that really sets us as Christians apart from the rest of the world. He says, pretty straightforward, "You you cannot love both God and money. Uh, I always think that this is one of Jesus's actually most like direct teachings in a sense. When it comes to talking about money, there are very few, I don't even know if there's any, I would have to look it up, um, other places in the Bible where God says, you cannot love this and this. But he does say it about money. So I think that that's something to be aware of. There's almost no other place where God talks about anything that comes into opposition of loving him like money in that sense. Now, I want to be really clear that he doesn't say here money is evil. He says that some people love God and some people love money. And obviously one of those is really holy and one of those will lead you to evil. Absolutely. Uh, But money in itself isn't actually the evil thing that he's talking about here. He's just saying, you know, the rest of the world is going to get sucked in to this game. The rest of the world is going to get sucked into, especially when it comes to weddings, the importance of spending a lot of looking good, of having an expensive wedding, the idea that that makes us more important, you know, and I think that we rarely say it like that. Like you would never read a magazine and have them say the weddings that are the most expensive are the most important. 
And at the same time, that's kind of the underlying message of our world. And so as Christians, as followers of Jesus who are in this season, who are planning a wedding, who are getting married, engaged, you know, we need to recognize right off the bat that some of the stuff that we're reading, we need to pause when we read it and recognize, I don't actually believe that. And God doesn't actually want me to believe that. So I can look through this magazine without believing what they're trying to tell me that I need to spend more money to have a wedding that is worthy. Uh, On the other hand, you know, the other teaching that really comes to mind from the Bible when we talk about money, when we talk about our wedding budgets, is this idea that we are actually made to enjoy. You know, there are a ton of people in the Bible who are wealthy, to be honest. Um, Abraham, a lot of Old Testament people had a ton of money, and that wasn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, They say that Solomon, King Solomon, was one of He was a follower of God, and he was also one of the wealthiest people, possibly the wealthiest person ever to have lived, which is pretty wild. Like the span of, let me just pause and say how wild that is, because the span of people who can follow God ranges from the lowest of the low, the dirt poor, to the highest of the high, the wealthiest man to ever walk the earth, to ever walk the earth, loved the Lord, and he loved the Lord imperfectly, (laughs) but he he loved God. Nonetheless, he wrote Proverbs. Um, And, you know, I think sometimes we forget that, yes, the Bible is definitely calls us to be sold out for God. And yet not everyone is called to sell everything for God. So we are called to be sold out in our lives for God, but not everyone is called to sell everything for God. And so we can spend money on this day. We can spend money on this day and have it be holy. And it can be beautiful and wonderful. And we can view this day as a gift and a celebration. And I think that sometimes it can be so easy to get on one of two camps. You know, either we say, well, whatever, I live in freedom. It doesn't matter how I spend my money, which I think eh, you're kind of really, if we do that, we are maybe missing the teaching where he says, you can't actually love both God and money. And on the other hand, you know, there's this teaching that really kind of feels very strict and tight to me that says, oh, well, if you really love Jesus, then you wouldn't even have a nice wedding at all. You would just sell everything. And I don't think that's true either. Uh, I think that the answer lies, honestly, in holding both teachings, because both teachings are throughout the Bible. And so we hold both, one in each hand. And as we approach our wedding budget, and as we approach talking about money and planning what this day is going to look like, we hold both of those things as well. I think that that's really the healthiest way to look at it. So I think that when it comes to those kind of two main ideas that we're talking about when we talk about our money, you know, as we relate them to weddings, it kind of reminds me, I call this podcast Wedding on a Hill. And that comes from a scripture where Jesus talks in the Sermon on the Mount about a city on a hill. And this idea that as believers, as Christians, we are supposed to be light in the darkness. We're supposed to be something that people can point to and say, oh, look at that. There it is. It looks different. Kind of a model for the world. Uh, And so I think that as we are 
planning our weddings and as we're going through this engagement process, we have the opportunity then to take these principles that Jesus teaches in the Bible and use them as we're interacting with other people who are planning their weddings or, you know, people who work at venues or photographers, people who don't know Jesus, we can be something that looks really different to them. And so as we take, you know, these greater principles and we narrow them into ideas really specific for wedding planning, I want us to keep that in the back of our minds that we have an opportunity here that our wedding could be a wedding on a hill, a wedding that looks really different to somebody. And I think that there are two ways that as Christians planning their wedding budget, we can stand out from the rest of the world. And we can stand out when we interact with even wedding professionals who don't know Jesus and people who might be really surprised, but this is probably how we should be walking this line as believers and how we should be looking different. Uh, with the with that idea, you know, I think that there's a few major things that come with it. So the first one uh, is really simply just contentment. Um, And I think that this is based on like this healthy level of realism, which there's no word as unsexy as realism. Am I right? (laughs) Like nothing makes you be like, yay, I love this woman's podcast. Like, like me saying, oh, we need to be realistic. But the realistic view, the did I say that realistic view is that we can't have everything we want. And Nobody does. Nobody has everything that they want. And even I think that we need to remember as people that if we looked at women in magazines who have like the creme de la creme of weddings, you know, that's like the ultimate, right? To get published in the knot or something like that. Even those people, if you ask them, what were you missing on your wedding day? They would have a list, right? Like even these people who have these unlimited budgets, amazing weddings, they would say that they they, they didn't get everything that they want either because nobody does. And so we can be actually realistic and go into it saying, okay, we know that we aren't going to get everything that we want. (laughs) And, you know, so often I realize in my own life, what I want, oh gosh, you guys, this is just not fun to say, but what I want can actually be really misguided or selfish. And, you know, even I'm looking at, I'm thinking now in my own life currently, my husband and I are in transition period and we're trying to figure out, you know, how much of what we want as we're moving in a different direction with our life really is about us and maybe not in a way that's so good. I think that in a sense, there's, there's definitely some goodness of figuring out, no, we want to like live a life that we're passionate and excited about. And on the other hand, I recognize that uh, so often what I want is about me and I am probably not doing very good things if I'm only thinking about me. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen The Princess Diaries. Can we do a major throwback? I don't know if anyone remembers that movie but me. It was like Anne Hathaway's breakout role. But there's this point where at the end of the movie, she's a princess, you know, and she talks about deciding to be a princess and how many times a day she uses the word I and how there's this whole way that she can approach the world where she isn't actually putting herself first. And I think that that idea we can remember and bring into this contentment that our our lives and even our weddings might not necessarily be all about us. 
and again, that isn't something that you'll read in a wedding magazine, but it's something that we can talk about here, that there is totally a certain part of it that is about us and is celebratory and good and beautiful. And there's a part that isn't, um, even in contentment, you know, I was on the phone with my friend the other day. It's actually a girl that I used to mentor. And then now she's like smarter than me, of course, that's always how it goes. Right. And so she was essentially mentoring me on the phone and she reminded me of something that her and I used to talk about years and years ago. She said that God doesn't withhold any good thing, um, which actually comes from, I believe it's one of the Psalms, but she said, God doesn't withhold any good thing from us. And so remembering that what we do have, we have for a reason and God isn't withholding. He's not taking, he's not holding back things and laughing and pointing And like wanting us to just sit in misery and figure it out, right? Like what we have is what we have and he gave it to us for a reason and he's not holding back things that we shouldn't have or things that wouldn't benefit us. And I think that often, you know, I realize that the Lord uses what I don't have to one, grow my patience in waiting or to grow my love for him instead of that thing that I want. Again, often I find that I rush through things and the Lord has to teach me patience. And sometimes he teaches me that through not getting what I want right away and learning how to sit in contentment in what I do have. And two, you know, again, with my my selfish or my misguided sometimes desires, sometimes what I want is distracting from him, from God, from God being the good thing. And so God isn't going to give me anything, even if it would be good, that would distract from him being the good thing. So on one hand, you know, we hold this idea of contentment that we can see what we have in our wedding budget and we can be realistic and we can be content and we can know that God isn't withholding, but that this number that we're going to set our wedding budget around is good. And on the other hand, you know, we can hold thankfulness for what we do have. So we can be content in what we don't have and we can be thankful for what we do have. Um, There's this, again, I said my husband and I are in transition. Uh, The other day I was sitting in my living room and we've been thinking about moving. We've been thinking about buying a house or do we move to a different apartment or what are we going to do? And I was looking around at the house that we live in now and it was just a quiet moment where I was drinking tea and I realized, I don't know what it was, but I remembered that when we moved into this house, this house was such a huge blessing from the Lord that we had looked for, you know, a place with the right amount of bedrooms in the right location at the right price. And the Lord pretty much just dropped it into our laps, which was amazing. And this place has been so good to us, but I so quickly am unthankful for what I do have. And like, I still, I still live here. And even though we've been trying to move for a while, what I have, I have a roof over my head every night. I have plenty of space. I have, you know, a good, comfortable home and my life is good. And I forget to be thankful. I forget that what I have right now really was a gift from God at one point. You know, I think that the wedding world is super cutthroat and sometimes really easy to get competitive and discouraged. Uh, But again, here's the secret. Nobody is, (laughs) well, here's the secret for everyone who is not a believer. Nobody ever thinks that their wedding budget is enough. 
even if it's endless, there's always things that we can't have and don't have. So as Christians, when we walk this line, we can look really different from the rest of the world by going into planning our wedding with an attitude of, in one hand, contentment with what we don't have, and on the other hand, thankfulness for what we do have. So I pray that as we are getting started, as you're getting started planning your wedding and talking about budget, you know, with this I, these kind of concepts that come from the Bible, I just, my hope is that they would be really embedded into the whole process for you. Uh, But I think that when we talk about budget, it's important to bring them up right away because we're setting the groundwork for some of the details that you're going to be getting into later on. And so even as you're farther along and, you know, maybe you're trying to decide, oh, do we spend $200 here or $300 here? How do we do this? Keeping in mind these concepts and these principles that God teaches in the Bible as the basis for planning will only serve you really, really well. And so my hope and prayer is that you would do that. I want to thank you for listening to this little bit today with us as we talked about what God might be honored by and how we can spend our money. Uh, Next week, we are going to talk one more time about budget, which I am super excited about. Again, I love this topic as serious or fun or unfun as it is for some people. Um, I love getting to talk about money and how we can honor God with our budget. So next week, we are going to talk one more time about budget. And we are going to talk in particular a little bit about you know, how do we prioritize? So how do we prioritize what is important to spend money on when we're making our budget? So it's going to be a really practical one. But again, I think these spiritual ideas form the base for every practical decision that we make. Um, So if you are kind of stuck on, you know, how do we start from here? How do we figure out how much money to spend on X, Y, or Z? How much is enough? Uh, I ask that you would come back because that's exactly what we're going to be talking about next week. And again, I'm just praying for anyone who's in that season that you would be blessed by this, that you would be encouraged. And I hope that you come back next week. We've got good things coming. So thank you again for joining me. My name is Annie Lavi, and this is Wedding on a Hill.